podcast is brought to you by HCN, your source for the latest news in gaming, movies, and entertainment. Enjoy the show. Hello, funky listeners, and welcome to Funk Radio. The funkiest radio you'll hear all day, even though we aren't really radio. That's just a cool name that we gave the podcast. Yeah. This is your host, Peter. And this is your host, Kyle. We do and, things. Uh, we, we do do things. Usually we just talk things. Not smart things, but sometimes. Yeah. You know. We um, like to talk into these metal cans and make sounds with our mouths. That's true. <laughs> For you listeners who listen on a regular basis, um, you will have just experienced Thanksgiving. Hopefully. Um, if not, then you experienced it sometime in the past and will again in the future. Um, what if they're like in Australia and uh, then they're like five days behind because time zones? Do, they, do Australians celebrate... Thanksgiving? Probably not. <laughs> hmm. Considering they didn't, you know, massacre a bunch of Native Americans. That's true. With my American sensibility, it's funny to think that Thanksgiving is a uniquely American holiday. But it is. Yeah. It, it, it's very American in the sense it's like, hey, we're going to celebrate this time in history when we discovered something that already got discovered, and in discovering that thing, we killed a bunch of people. And we're going to celebrate it by stuffing our faces with a bunch of food we don't need. Merk. Boom. <laughs> yes. Oh, boy. I just finished all my turkey tonight, so I'm kind of sad. Oh, my gosh. Seriously, like, the, the two days after that, basically, for lunch, I just had, like, more full plates of turkey and mashed potatoes <laughs> and stuffing. Oh, I love it. And I made a turkey sandwich with cranberries on it. Ugh. So man. good. Now, okay... What kind of cranberries do you prefer for Thanksgiving? Because I'm weird. I only like the cranberries that I can that you have to, mm-hmm. like, slice into little <laughs> cranberry discs. <laughs> I do love that. I love my cranberries in puck form. <laughs> I think there's a lot of charm to that just because of, like, the, uh, the, tradi- of the tradition of it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was funny. I was looking at them. I'm like, I find it hilarious that the cranberries are so gelatinated that you can literally <laughs> see the inside ribbing of the can in the cranberry Classic. Mold. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> speaking of speaking of things that white people like, what are That's we talking about today, That's not Peter? a terrible transition, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, today we're talking about kind of a subset of soul music called Blue-Eyed Soul, which is basically soul music or R&B performed by white people. And we're not making this up. This is a real thing, by the way. Yes. Um, I, You know, it's funny because I'm trying to think if there's any other genres or subgenres that are specific to a race. And I can't think of any other ones. Latin stuff. That's true. Like, that's That's a good like- one. Like Actually, reggaeton yeah. or whatever that shit was that was really popular, like yeah. ten years ago. That's that's um, a good idea. That's a good one, actually. Yeah, that was such right. a stupid genre of music. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's about it. Other than that, Afro pop. 
Like, there's always you know, those. Are, there's all those Japanese, but that's more. That's more. These are more like race, that's more like regional rather than. I was gonna say like J-pop and K-pop and yeah, all that stuff. I am really into baby metal. I have no idea why. Baby metal. Yeah, it's this Japanese band of like these like little Japanese girls, but they make metal music and it's hilarious. Hmm. Okay. It's really bizarre. Well, you listeners. It's like, but it, it's, yeah, it's insane. It's just like this, like, hardcore, like, death metal, like, riffs, but like these little tiny Japanese girls with squeaky voices, and it's pretty hilarious. That sounds like it would make it more terrifying. It's terrifying, but it's, like, hilarious, and it's irony. It's like the ultimate, like, hipster fusion band. <laughs> but, well, yeah, cool. I like it. That's good. Um, so, again, we're not talking <laughs> about baby metal today. We're talking about Blue-Eyed Soul. And white people. Um, yeah. You, usually, usually, I mean, pretty much everybody knows this, but I'll just say that, like, funk and soul music and all that, pretty much a very, very heavily um, black genres. Um, you do get some white people in it, obviously. I guess we'll talk about all of them today, but uh, generally African American um, influenced, obviously, but uh, we're going to talk about white people today. I yeah, guess. which are in no way better than any other race, just so we don't get attacked by the ALS, ACLU. It's it was weird because as Peter kind of brought up to me earlier, it's easy to think of white artists that happen to be backing members in bands because there's actually a surprising amount of them, but it's harder mm. to find white soul artists that are usually frontmen, either singers or guitar players yeah. or what have you. Yeah. Because, yeah, honestly, we could probably do an entire show just on, like, white backing members, but usually they're, they kind of go yeah. a bit unnoticed. But, um, yeah, I guess some, uh, some white lead, lead singer type bands that popped into my head initially, mm. obviously Average White Band and the Bee Gees are probably the yeah. two most prominent. Yeah, you, you know, the Bee Gees came into my mind, but at first I was like, well, they're too disco to really be considered yeah. soul but i forgot until they, just now that their early stuff was actually yeah, their early stuff was a lot more like blue eyed souls type style like, uh nights on broadway or what was that song yeah that's yeah on they have, they're a lot of their early catalog was actually not disco it was it was their early stuff was like a combination of like soul and folk it was like yeah silk. yeah <laughs> <laughs> silk, like silk for your ears yeah um, so, um but yeah, yeah so they, they would definitely be a good one uh, to mention, not necessarily with their later stuff, but um, the, their earlier catalog, certainly. And um, I know at least, I mean, because that was made up of um, brothers Barry Robin and Maurice Gibb. I know, I think at least two of them were kind of famous in their own right, just for doing their own, like, Blue-Eyed Soul solo stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say it was Robin, but I'm not sure at the top of my head didn't all of them die i just know i think the last one just passed away like a year or two ago that's all i know they're all dead um i <laughs> that could be true yeah yeah i think we didn't we talk about it on the show yeah, when that we i did. think that was maybe two years ago ish barry barry robin and maurice gibb um oh maurice, maurice, maurice and robin are dead but barry's yeah. still alive Maurice died. Oh man, Maurice died at fifty-three. That's not that old. That's sad. Uh, uh Robin died at sixty-two. Robin. Oh, that's the one who passed away. He passed away in May of twenty twelve. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes so sense. That makes sense. 
Yay, one of them is still kicking. Barry? Barry. You know, actually, I, I, I want to say, on that note, actually, I think some of their early stuff was one of the very first things we talked about on the show in the first episode. Oh, wow. I forgot about that. Because <laughs> um, I think we were kind of talking about, at that time was when we kind of realized, oh, they do actually have all this other music that wasn't, you know, in the late 70s. That most people, most of the people, most people now know them for that. I think it's like with songs like um, "Staying Alive," "Night Fever," uh, "Jive Talking," mm-hmm. "You Should Be Dancing." Um, those are the big ones from the disco era. But I mean, they they had a lot of actually really good songs uh, from the early days as well. I haven't. I was I was going to ask if there was a particular song you wanted to mention. Um, because we we always talk about "Nights on Broadway." We always talk about those other ones. Yeah. From Saturday Night Fever. I I think the one that. I mentioned in that one episode was don't forget to remember. Uh, that's a pretty good one. Um, other ones like our, I started a joke. Uh, Massachusetts is a good one. Oh yeah. I like Massachusetts. Um, yeah. That is a good song. Uh, words. So, I mean, there, there, there's definitely a lot of stuff to check out. Um, if you guys don't know that that exists, why don't we actually play a clip of Massachusetts? Cause I think that's one of the more famous ones. Now, are they from Massachusetts, or do they just happen to like the state? I actually think we talked about this once. I want to say we did. This seems like deja vu. Actually, aren't they from the UK? But then they moved to Australia or something. You're right. And then they they made the song Massachusetts because they like the way the word sounded, but they've never actually been there. You're right. I believe that's what it was. Good memory, because I totally just had a deja vu moment. <laughs> Freaky. Yeah. And um, that song uh, was on their album Horizontal in 1967. So check it out. Good stuff. Yeah, well, well before the disco era. It's also one of the one of the best-selling singles of all time, and it sold over five million copies, which is a lot. My dad just busted into the room of wearing a sand, wearing a snowman head. Oh, that's normal. <laughs> Sadly, that is normal on um, folk radio. Yes, nothing, nothing is abnormal. Speaking of abnormal, um, another band that's anything but white average. people who did soul. Damn it, my so- <laughs> I, you ruined my segue, Peter. Sorry, <laughs> ruined it. What's abnormal? Um, I said a band that's anything but average. Oh God! Uh, <laughs> but it's, that we wanted to mention is um, average white band. The reason I happen yeah. to think of them is because they have the word white in their name. Uh, That's true. But they're anything but average, aren't they? Um, for those of you that don't know, average white band is actually a Scottish funk and R and B sort of group that uh, had a string of oh yeah, I forgot they from hits. Scotland. Yeah. Very, very not normal to see a Scottish funk band, but there you have it. Um, <laughs> they had a string of hits between like 74 and 80. Um, two biggest albums, both of which I happen to have on vinyl, were probably AWB and Cut the Cake. Um, yeah, uh, I think you're right with that. They had a lot of really famous instrumental tracks, too, that um, became kind of synonymous, synonymous, I can talk, with the... Mm-hmm. Um, funk, I guess, circuit and genre as a whole. Um, the most uh, famous of which is probably Pick Up the Pieces. 
Oh, of course. By far, yeah. Um, and if that's a song that you don't know by name, I can almost guarantee that you've heard it. I can't even do it. We should play a little clip of that because my rendition of it was awful. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Yeah, one of those songs that everybody knows. Nobody knows who does it, but that is a very famous song. It's the kind of song that whenever I hear it, I imagine like some guy in the '70s wearing those sort of bell-bottom pants, walking on a sidewalk and like kicking his heels out as he walks <laughs> to the beat of the song. Um, I'm sure someone in the world did that at that time to that song. Yes, listening um, to it on his iPod. <laughs> But yeah, that that song and I guess other instrumentals that they had were so, you know, famous that they were sampled by artists like the Beastie Boys, Ice mm-hmm. Cube, a tribe called Quest, Arrested Development, not the the band, not the show. <laughs> um, and that they are actually the fifteenth most sampled uh, band in history. That's pretty impressive. That's interesting. And they actually are allow allow themselves to be heavily sampled. They don't give a shit like some artists do. I'm glad to hear that. I know, right? Because um, that's a really good way for a band to kind of continue being part of music as it develops, you know, over time. Uh, and if you're really weird about like, oh, I should be getting two cents for every time someone plays a song, then you just kind of look like an asshole and then, or or the song doesn't get released and then no one hears you. So like, what's Speaking the point? of assholes, did you hear, did you hear that Taylor, Taylor Swift took all of her songs off of Spotify? I did not, but that sounds kind of dumb. Yeah, apparently her comment was like, oh, you know, I don't want to subject subject my music to some... How did, how did she phrase it? Some social experiment um, that, you know, doesn't adequately pay the artists for their creative work because Spotify garners less of a profit for the artist than, say, you know... CD sales or what have you, yeah. And Spotify shot back at her, and was like, "We pay X billions of dollars or millions of I don't know, lots of money per year in royalties to play all the songs that we have listed. It's just that like ninety percent of that goes to your record labels and not into your pocket. So you're attacking, yeah, seriously, you're, you're attacking the wrong people. It's not that that's actually a really out, good point. I didn't think about that. It's not that they don't pay out." <laughs> pay out a lot of money for the rights to those songs it's just all of that money goes to the label and not the yeah artist. but she still took it off anyway yeah so all of her stuff oh is well <laughs> sorry for you taylor swift fans oh, who too bad we don't have like, moo here to comment i know i, I was kind of thinking that i'm like oh moo would have been very sad i don't know if moo i'll have to i'll this. have to ask him if he uh heard about that for sure i'm sure he, he has um <laughs> but yeah that was kind of sad Speaking of other white people, what other white people can you think of, Peter? Uh, what I saw on this list that I completely forgot about it until I saw them is um, Hall of Notes. I was totally about to say that. That's funny. Good call. Speaking of Hall of Notes, um, although only one of them was white, white the other one was though. like no. I thought they were both were. One was like just a half, just half white. Well, Dar- John uh, Oates. Daryl Hall is definitely white. John Oates, maybe he's half black. Yeah. I thought he was half. Let me see. Uh. Oh no, he's straight white. He's just he's just Italian. You know, he's dark skinned. 
that's so weird because like you see pictures of him on some of the album covers and he completely especially with the mustache back yeah. in the day i assume he's a i black think guy, it's the, i think it's the mustache and the curly hair because it says yeah. his mother and de palma was an italian immigrant originally from salerno his father al mm. Oates, was born to an english father and gibraltar gibraltarian mother no idea what that is mm. well Doesn't sound black though so yeah right he's so a straight up honky he's so he's just got the italian slight darkness he's i guess an italian stallion um, well i learned something today yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um speaking of hollow notes this i don't i think it's like a basic cable station but it's this cable station called palladia it's just like a music station plays music and concerts and stuff there's yeah. a show on that station called shit live from daryl's house yes thank you yeah um where people go over to daryl hall's house and play music and he jams with them and it's super awesome he did one yeah. with, with uh chromio yeah yeah i think i sent you the link to that but yeah it was you really did cool. yeah hopefully if we can find it we will post that on our page as well because chromio rocks <laughs> um yeah. sorry i just wanted to um plug, plug so the i mean like some 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 of the good um hall notes songs that you guys have probably heard uh rich girl is a big one kiss on my list private eyes um i can't go sarah for that smiles my favorite. sarah smile man eater out of touch there's a lot of there's a lot of good songs that they've done and um i think they've kind of become how do i say this cliche in the that sort of like romantic r&b yeah sort of yeah um, i get what you're saying but um that mean that doesn't mean they're any less good true i would say Appar- and apparently I, I was reading fairly recently that for some reason they're making like a pseudo popular resurgence due to hipsters yeah, they've actually kind of made a little bit of a comeback in the last couple of years, which is I don't know like what specifically has. That's why. Spawn is it because of the show? Okay, well I don't know if this is why, but I, I just read here it says in September of two thousand seven, representative for Montreal-based band Chromio stated in a press release, "quote Indeed, Chromio's idols Hall and Oates have asked them to collaborate with them on their upcoming record." And needs to say the gentlemen are giddy like school children to be given this opportunity. <laughs> but yeah, they they've had a bit of a resurgence. They performed on that show, The Voice. Obviously, Daryl Hall has his his uh, live from Daryl House show. Yeah. So, it's like a yeah, it's like a weird little mini comeback for them, for at least for Daryl. I don't know how. And much. they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yes. They um, were. Uh, I don't just think they were, about a year ago in December. I was gonna say I think they're uh, they're nominated, but I don't know if they got inducted. Oh no, it says no, it says they're and that says inductees, which means they made it. Oh. They were inducted into. They announced as inductees for Hall of Fame's class 2014 in December. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. So you're just right. almost a whole year ago from now, December 2013. So yeah, I can dig it. So yeah, awesome. I mentioned a good eight or nine songs of theirs. Uh, which one do you think we should play? Um, Man Eater. I like it. Whoa, here she comes. <laughs> Watch out, boy, she'll eat you up. Whoa, here she comes. I can't sing this song. <laughs> but they can. So that was did, Maneater. Did you s- that was Maneater. Did you see the... It was probably, probably a year ago or more now that um, Google Docs had that little ad with this song no oh it was basically 
um, showing that like multiple people can collaborate on a document at once. And the idea was that uh, Hollow Notes were like each editing the document back and forth, trying to come up with the lyrics for Maneater. Nice. Um, and that was, I want to say it was probably about a year ago from now. Um, but that was kind of funny. That is funny. So, um, I'm kind of jumping around in, in time here. Time and space. Time you want me. Wibbly wobbly. But an artist that I wanted to mention just because <laughs> he sparked my brain because it's one of those artists where I heard him and I totally thought it was a black guy, but it's totally not a black guy. Um, is, <laughs> shut up, is, uh, Sam Smith. He's actually like a current R&B artist. He just oh, okay. had a really big famous record. But, and he's British, yay. But one of those things where he totally sounds like a black dude and he's like a big old chubby white guy. Not chubby, but he's husky. He's white. He's husky. Um, he's got some famous songs like Lay Me Down, Money on My Mind. Stay With Me is the one that I remember because I really like that song. Um, okay. Oh, so. he was on Latch with Disclosure apparently as well. Yes. I don't know if you've heard that song, but he was Latch. featured on that song. Latch. Why does that sound familiar? Who's Disclosure? They did Latch. That's all I know. You're right. This, oh, their uh, Disclosure is an electronic music duo. Good for them. Yeah. I will, I will have to listen to that after this. I just know Stay With Me is like his big sort of ballad, for lack of a better term, soul ballad. Hmm. But um, okay. it's a really sweet song, and for some reason it's one of those songs that gets me right in the feels. <sighs> Very few songs mm. do that, so <laughs> I'm gonna play a little bit of this song and then go grab some tissues and cry my eyes out. Okay. Oh, won't you stay with me? Cause you're all I need. This ain't love we hope you stayed with us to that last song. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's how I cry. I basically just sound like a beached walrus. <laughs> so yeah um that was sam smith you guys should check him out since he's a current artist breaking out in the soul genre yeah like, more trying to think who else who, who, who i want to talk about next well whoever it is they better be white <laughs> um can we talk about the doobie brothers i would love to talk about the doobie brothers if you pass me a doobie hey Okay. Hey, it's legal. It's legal where you are. That's true. Bastard. <laughs> yeah. Um that was that was the plan all along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Peter Peter went and, and rocked the vote since he moved to Oregon. Yeah, I got I got a tip from the politicians ahead of time that they were going to do that, so I moved up there. Smart man. Yeah. Uh, he sailed even, even though Washington is like a 30-minute drive from here. Yeah, true. I could have <laughs> he sailed not, there on not a boat. even <laughs> I was gonna say he sailed there on a boat made of marijuana leaves tied together that's a strange image so the Doobie Brothers are considered blue-eyed soul I would say a little bit more on like the pop rock end of the spectrum yeah of the ones we've been talking about uh, but they they got some pretty good songs I'm trying to think of a couple I know Long Train Running is one of their more famous ones I love Long um, Train Running what a fool believes that's another big one um taking it to the streets stuff like that so i mean they were i I like like all the other ones i mean 
they were making music from between 71 to 80s or so. Oh, and we were talking about the um, the vocal or the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame a few minutes ago. Yep. Um, they've actually been in the Vocal Group Hall of Fame. I don't know if that's connected with the other one at all. But they've know. been in that since 2004. Nice. So that's cool, I guess. Yeah, I'm surprised they're not in the regular Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They're very popular. Uh, yeah, I know. That does but seem there's, weird. There's a lot of bands where it's just like, you re- when you realize they're not in there, you're just like, how are they not in there? But it's all yeah. politics. And there's ones that they've, they, you know, they've only done the last year or two. And you think, wow, they just did them now because, yeah. um, you know, they were so popular a few decades ago. But I think we've talked before about how, like, they don't want to put them in too soon. I think there's actually a rule that they have to, like, have come out with their first album, like, at least 20 years prior in order to even be considered as an inductee. Mm, yeah. So they don't do a lot of current artists, obviously. Right. Like, I know Nirvana got inducted last year, and it was the first year that they were even eligible because their last album was in, like, 94. Oh, uh, okay. So. Yeah, um, I'm glad they have that rule, honestly, because... It's kind of it's kind of meant to say, like... Otherwise, it would be just filled with people who were just popular at the time. Exactly. It's like what bands stand the test of time as opposed to are just, you know, popular in the moment. That's why Little Wayne will never become, be part of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But fun fact, the Doobie Brothers do have a single called Jesus is Just Alright. Oh, I love that song. Jesus <laughs> is just alright with me. Jesus is just alright. Yeah. Yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> should we play that song? <laughs> let's we're let's gonna play, play that every, one. We're going to play every song that I just happened to blurt out singing. Yeah. It's Kyle Karaoke. Uh, actually, no, let's play one of the other ones. Okay. Isn't there a, isn't there a song called Blackwater? They did do a song called Blackwater. We have to play yeah. Blackwater because we have to tell them the story of the Blackwater. I totally, right, dis- the- <laughs> I totally drove by that drove by that this, le- this weekend, by the way. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, well, you listeners have no idea what we're talking about, but let's listen to Blackwater by the Doobie Brothers so you can get a uh, little taste of what they sound like. Okay. Once again, that was Blackwater by the Doobie Brothers. Um, they released that in 1974 from their album, What Were Once Vices Are Now Habits. Interesting title. So, should we tell them the story or should we yeah, let them I think, let I think we should. run wild? Okay, so when me and Peter both were in college together, there's this Mexican place really close to where our campus was called Taqueria de Anda. <laughs> and they had like super authentic Mexican stuff. Like I'm talking like cow tongue, cow brain. Well, for some reason, this like a little one-off Mexican place that wasn't a chain had a play place. And we yeah. thought it was really odd that a Mexican <laughs> restaurant had like a little jungle gym play place. But what was even better was because obviously, you know, they served a lot of chicken stuff because Mexico that one of oh the, yeah one of the portions <laughs> the, the of the play head. place was shaped like a gigantic chicken head <laughs> that's like so, the iconic piece of that play place <laughs> really late yeah really late one night it must have been like midnight we all go down there we get like horchadas we get some tacos whatever and we're sitting outside and i forgot which one of us had this idea but we're like let's go in the play place and like days earlier like a day yeah. or two earlier it had rained because i think there was <laughs> 
I think that was the su- the semester where like it like rained constantly for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like during the winter, so we're, <laughs> we're we're up in the play place and it's it's kind of still a little wet. But it's also uh, imagine this too. Um, it's completely black and dark because we can't. It's nighttime, so we can't see anything. Yes, yes. It's, it's not mi- lit it's at midnight. all. Midnight. There's no lights in the, inside <laughs> the play place, so it's basically like a dark labyrinth of hell. Yeah, and. So we're wandering around inside this like this <laughs> tube, this like hamster tube maze. And oh, was it Dan that stepped in it at first? I don't remember. No, that was me. It was you. Oh, yeah. Like I, I was in another section of the play base, and I just heard like this. Oh God! From Peter, and then I think Dan stepped in it afterwards. Yeah. Apparently, in one of the portions, a stagnant pool of water had formed from the rain from the prior rain that through some sort of chemical black magic had turned completely pitch black. Yeah, it was just, just really gross, dirty rainwater yeah. in the play place. And yeah, and so pretty much Peter was completely instantly turned off and like scuttled out of the play place as fast as he could. No, remember we took the escape slide? <laughs> yes. Yeah, because we were at the top. And yeah, they took the slide down, but because it was like <laughs> rainy and again, we're all full grown men, yeah. um, it was not the easiest thing getting down that slide. Oh my god, good times. See, you know, usually when people recall, like, crazy college stories, you know... It's like, oh my god, it's I got a bit so different. But yeah, for us, it's like, that... oh my god, I got stuck in a play place. <laughs> that is easily one of our best stories from college. Oh yeah. And I'm, I'm pretty Re- proud of that. Remember, like, a couple months later, <laughs> I, I, I was at, like, BevMo or something, and I found that they actually have black water... <laughs> Oh, they do? Yeah. It's like this oh. water that they put like this, like, I don't know, zinc oxide or some shit into it. And it's completely drinkable, <laughs> but it's pitch black. And, and it literally says black water on the label. That's funny. And I was totally going to buy some for you, but it was like $10 a bottle. Oh, uh, that's not worth it. No. I could get it for free in the play place. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so, yeah, that is the story of the black water. <laughs> okay, so one artist that I want to talk about, because this seems to have been a bit of a white sausage fest so far is uh that, that fine <laughs> just go with it yeah is um tina marie because she's oh, yeah. white she's That's actually true. considered or i guess been called the ivory queen of soul because she's white. That's true. I forgot about that. Yep. And so yeah, she's an American singer, songwriter, producer, um good friends with Rick James. You know, <laughs> she played Oh yeah. Which song did They, they did some together? songs together. I'm sure they did. I don't remember. Uh, God, I can't think on top of my head what that is, but I know they did at least one or two. Oh, oh, oh! Sucker for your, I'm a sucker for your love. It says it was. Oh, okay. Du- uh, it was her first top ten R&B hit, um, and it was a duet with Rick James. Hmm. Maybe we should play a little clip of that. That sounds good. Fun fact, I guess, with that particular single, neither the album or the packaging actually had a picture around it, so many radio programmers actually assumed that she was black. <laughs> and this myth was only disproved when she performed the duet live on Soul Train in 79. That's funny. That probably confused a lot of people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. 
So yeah, that's Tina Marie. She does. One other stuff. um, I'm, it's been a while since I've heard any of her songs. I'm trying to think of what else she's done. Um, Obviously that one. Um, right. There's a couple others I know, but I'm forgetting. I know. Me too. Portuguese love. It must be magic. Yes, indeed. Uh, Square biz. I need, I need, I your, lo- I need your lovin'. That's the song I'm thinking of. Yeah, that's a good song. Yeah, uh, that was number thirty-seven on the pop charts. For those who care, um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, she had another duet, uh, "Fire and Desire." I don't know if that was with James or not. That sounds familiar too. Yeah, but yeah, she does stuff, and she's white. Good for her, and she's still alive, so we cannot pronounce her dead. <laughs> oh nope, she died. Damn it. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, 2010. Oh, that's thanks. 54. She wasn't even that old. So yeah, yay, we fit a woman in, so we're not sexist. Um, you know, when you said woman, actually, that reminded me. I did want to talk about Dusty Springfield as well. Oh, yeah. Yay so there's two, two women down, I guess. I can take it. Um, She was with, which label was she? Was she with uh, Nut Stacks? What was it? It's one of the Southern ones, right? I think so. Let me see. I know she was definitely part of like that southern soul sound and was one of actually one of the few female voices that came out of that era. So she was with a lot of labels. She was with Columbia, Atlantic, yeah, United Artists. Quite a few actually. I just know I I know that one song, uh shoot. They did a really cool remix of it. It wasn't uh everyone knows Son of a Preacher Man. It was was it the remix spooky. of Spooky? Yeah, thank you. Spooky. Yeah, I think I'm I sent a, that to you. You did. Yeah, that was a, that's a good one. It's a good song in itself as well. That is a really good song. Yeah. We might as well just play that, you think? Okay. Okay. It says here that Dusty Springfield is it because um, we should mention this as well because I didn't know this but you told me before we started the show today um, that she's British I didn't I didn't even realize that yep. um, but I guess she's a member of both the US Rock and Roll and UK Music Hall of, of Fame so she's part of both damn straight which is pretty awesome oh she and died at 59 why does everyone die before 60 the music industry is a hell of a drug <laughs> I guess so um, yeah, Dusty Springs is probably one of my favorite artists. And sadly, I don't have an album by her. Mm. She's actually really hard to find in vinyl. Interesting. I know, right? Um, oh, you know, what I was trying to say about, like, the Southern... She was part of, like, the whole Memphis, Tennessee, um, soul thing that was going on in the late 60s, early 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was she was down there. And uh, you did mention Son of a Preacher Man, which is probably her most famous song. Probably. I would think. I forgot, actually, that was included in um, the Pulp Fiction soundtrack. Nice. And um, I guess, apparently, the inclusion of that song kind of boosted her um, popularity again a little bit when it came out. So that's cool. Yay. I wonder if we should talk a little bit about, I don't know if you know anything about Carol King at all. Um, Oh, Oh, yeah. She was... Why? Wow! How do we not talk about her? Yeah, please. I don't know, but I guess because she was mostly—I don't know a whole lot. I mean, about her on top of my head, but um, I know she was primarily a songwriter, and she did actually write some songs for um, Dusty Springfield as well. And guess what? She's not dead. Woo! 
and she's not dead and she's white and she does stuff so she she gets all three stars she had a massively famous album in the 70s called um tapestry thank you yeah i think that's probably her most famous one it was probably one of the biggest albums of the 70s yeah i have that oh you do that's cool um, <laughs> Should we play one from the vinyl? I know we haven't done that in a while. We could, but I'm lazy. <laughs> uh, okay, we won't do that. Um, try to think of a good song from that album to kind of uh, let the listeners know what she sounds like. She's definitely more of like a folk pop type R&B yeah. end of the soul spectrum. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's uh, we could she's pretty play. Popular. What's the big song of hers? Hold on, let me see. I like It's Too Late. That's a I, good song. I like I Feel the Earth Move, but I think that's like her big hit. Oh, yeah, let's play that. I feel the earth move under my feet. I feel the sky tumbling, tumbling down. I think that was the only hey. song I didn't sing 99% awful. That was I actually still, pretty accurate. I still sang it awfully, but it wasn't 99% <laughs> awful. I feel the earth move under my So as far as uh, popularity kitty. goes, that's why this album is so great. It's got a kitty on it. That's true. The, the <laughs> album art for Tapestry um, does have a kitty on it. Um, you were saying that this is one of the biggest albums of something. The seventies. The seventies. Um, it did sell the album Tapestry by Carol King. Uh, did sell more than ten million copies. So it is certified diamond, nice. which is really impressive. That's really hard to do, especially in the seventies. Um, yeah. And it did receive four Grammy Awards, including Album of the Year in 1972. Nice. So, uh, yeah. It was number one for 17 weeks. Or no, I'm sorry, it was number one, and it remained on the chart for 17 weeks, excuse me. Hmm. Still very big. Uh, it was ranked number 36 of 500 of Rolling Stone's 500 greatest albums of all time. That's damn impressive. Wow, that's really good, actually. Right? Um, actually, you, you and I were mentioning songs... Um, you said I feel the earth move and I said it's too late. Actually, fun fact, those were the A and B side of the single version of nice. that. Um I feel the earth move which we just listened to is the A side. And then it's too late was the B side. So that's pretty cool. I can dig it. And I yeah, I wanna say Carol King was more of a songwriter than a performer. Yeah. Uh, so that's cool. We kinda got three women down all in a row there. That's pretty cool. Um, Let's see. Who else do you want to talk about? Justin Timberlake. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. I was actually gonna say. I mean, even if we don't necessarily talk about all these people um, in depth, I mean, just to give listeners a little bit better idea of like who's included in Blue Eyed Soul, mm-hmm. you got people like Adele, uh, David Bowie, Boy George, The Animals, Rick, The Animals, Rick, Rick Astley, Rick Astley, yes, Elton John, Tom Jones. Um, Michael McDonald, George Michael, Joe Cocker, uh, Justin Timberlake, like you said, Robin yeah. Thicke, who we've talked about a bit, um, uh, Van Morrison. Oh, the Rascals. Oh, I want to talk about them. Well, let's talk about them. Okay. We were, I mean, we're not necessarily ending. We're just that's true. Filling in the air with stuff. Filling <laughs> in the air with our shits. With fun. Um, that too. <laughs> Um, I don't think we've ever talked about the Rascals on on the show, but I have their album. I, I totally don't think forgot. we have. They were kind of more part of that like 
late 60s psychedelic soul movement, if that makes any sense. Yeah. But definitely considered a blue-eyed soul group, active between 65 and 72, had really big singles that were in the top 100, like uh, Good Lovin', Groovin', People Got to Be Free, How Can I Be mm. Sure, Beautiful Morning, which I think we should play that one because I think that's one of their bigger ones. Okay. Um, but they were inducted into the Hit Parade Hall of Fame, which I don't know what the hell that is. <laughs> Sounds like like the old version. Yeah, right. That you know was before some like, time. It's the old Valvillian Hall of Fame. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know. But um, they're also part of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame since ninety seven. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I missed that. So should we listen to a beautiful morning? I think we should. And it's so, a beautiful morning. <laughs> Sorry. Should the should the listeners pause now and wait to continue the, listening to this episode until it's a beautiful morning? Um, or yes, should they yes, just they. imagine? Yes, they should. I guess we'll just leave it up to you guys. If you want to pause now and never listen to it again, that's fine. I just want to say that I'm looking at a picture of the Rascals, and one of their members looks exactly like young... Um, Paul McCartney. I was totally thinking the same thing. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's the Rascals. I don't. I don't know why. I don't think we ever talked about them, but they did stuff. <laughs> yes, they did do stuff. I'm a little surprised. Or I was gonna say, like, even if we just mentioned them briefly, uh, Wild Cherry. Oh yeah. Because I know they're kind of more of like a funk rock type band definitely more on like the rock and roll side of all of this mm-hmm. i guess i wouldn't necessarily consider them soul really but they are all white so i guess I that's white people the qualifier here uh it appears but um they are best known because if, if you guys i'm sure pretty much everyone listening to this has probably heard the song play that funky music um that was wild cherry they released that in uh 76 and um easily their most famous song i have that album as well they also did a really good cover of uh, I Feel Sanctified by the Commodores. Oh, yeah. That, um, was, that was really good. That was a good cover. Uh, can we play a clip of that one, actually? Yeah. Because I think I want to say most people probably know Play That Funky Music. I was going to say, we've probably played that song before, so. Yeah. Let's listen to a little clip of this other one, though. Okay. I feel sanctified by white cherry, wild cherry, white people. Cherry. White cherry, by wild cherry. Um, that's a cover of a song originally by the Commodores, who were not a white band, but they were pretty popular among but funk the, in general. But the Commodore and Boardwalk Empire was white. That's true. So technically, whatever. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Yeah, you finished the season out, right? I did. Yeah, I finished the whole series. What did you think of like the flashbacks to like the prior time period for the main character? Before I answer that, sh- should we spoil stuff, or should uh, we give people warnings, or what should we? Yeah, do warnings. We're probably going to talk about the last season of the show. So if you guys haven't watched it, then Boardwalk Empire brought to you by HBO. 
pay us money to watch our shows. That's their slogan. So yeah, if for you listening who don't want the end of the show spoiled, um, you can probably just stop here because after this we'll probably just wrap it up. Do you that. probably won't miss anything. Um, but if you don't care, then we'll talk about the end of Boardwalk Empire. So uh, yeah, I feel like the 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 flashbacks didn't really. Uh, I didn't really understand what their purpose was until the last episode or so when things started to come together. Um, because obviously, like you were getting pieces of his childhood and like how that shaped him as a person now, mm-hmm. uh, Nucky Thompson. But I mean, it didn't all like come together, you know, to make sense for the very ending of the show until basically that last episode. I, I guess that's fine. I just felt like they were u- they used a lot of screen time on those flashbacks where they probably could have shown that half as much and you still would have gotten the same story out of it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. What did you think? I kind of felt the same thing. Like, I didn't see the ending coming, but it seemed like there was an awful lot of, oh, shit, we got to wrap shit up, so just everyone dies now. <laughs> yeah. Although, Van Olden's death was kind of shocking and sad. Yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, considering the shit they were in, I'm not that surprised that he ended up dying in that when, scene, but... When he uh, died, I wanted, like, a slow-mo of his death while they played Celine Dion behind him. <laughs> Capone went to jail, Chalky died because of Narcisse, um, Eli just continued, was a hobo. To, continued to screw his life up. Yeah. Um, yeah, he basically was a hobo. Uh, he found out that the Commodore was a pedophile, because he kind of... Yeah, I really didn't, like, I mean, like, I know you're not, like, I felt, like, a lot of dislike for the old, like, the flashback Commodore. I think you're supposed to. He's, uh, you're he's, supposed to, but, like, I, I definitely asshole. felt that. Yeah, he was kind of a dick, and then he turns out to be a pedophile, and that's pretty terrible. Yeah. Something you mentioned to me before I actually saw that season was uh, you said that like you liked the the actor they got for young young Nucky Nucky. Nucky, because he does look a lot like him. He looked exactly like him. It was freaky. And the weird thing too is that he actually I felt that he also got a lot of subtle like acting cues down that Steve Buscemi does as well. Yeah. Like, there's just little minor things, and you're like, oh, wow, that's exactly, like... Um, oh, you know who else did that as well, really well? Hmm. Was the girl they got for the young Jillian. Yeah. Because I felt like the way that she talked and everything, it was so similar to, like, the adult character. I was, mm-hmm. like, I'm kind of amazed that they were able to do that. Yeah, both of those actors definitely did a really good job of capturing, like, the young versions of their already established characters. Yeah. So yeah, that was our recap of Boardwalk Empire, brought to you by Funk Radio, the crunchiest place on the internet. <laughs> so, um, is there anything else you want to say about Blue-Eyed Soul before we wrap this up? I think we're pretty much yeah, I think done we with that. Covered a lot of the major bases there. Yeah. So, at least so some of the ones that we are more familiar with, or, or at least like more. Um, obviously, there's a lot more artists that we didn't touch on in this subgenre, mm-hmm. but um, you know, if this sort of stuff is interesting to you listeners. Uh, we encourage you to check that out. Also, um, the artists that we did mention today and the songs that we play in the show, if you do like that music, uh, we do encourage you to support the artist by checking out their stuff on iTunes or Amazon or whatever and maybe giving them some money or apparently giving the record label 90%. (laughs) (laughs) It's a sad world. Anyway, Uh, so if you like our show, hopefully you do. I don't know, whatever. Um, like us on Facebook. <laughs> Peter is always such the salesman. 
you like this fridge, you should buy it. I don't know, whatever. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> we encourage you to go funk yourselves on Facebook.com slash GetYourFunk. And if you like us there, not only do you hear about the episodes pretty much immediately when they come out, but uh, you also get other cool things that we link, like little videos or songs or whatever throughout the week, and it's pretty cool. Yep. And I uh, believe that wraps up our show for today. This has been your host, Kyle. And this has been your host, Peter. And this has been Funk Radio. Have and a next funky time, day. Have a funky day, and next time it will also be Funk Radio. And last time it was Funk Radio as well. And it will continue to be Funk Radio until the end of time. Until we get shut down. By the FCC. Yep. <laughs> or the RIAA. Or the NAACP. Or Taylor Swift. Yeah, one of those. Yep. We'll let you know. We'll let you know on our Facebook page. Just jump us down. Okay, bye. Bye. If you want to hear more awesome podcasts like this one, visit hcn.tv. Thanks for listening.